0: layer by layer, day by day, the world, our markets, and your life unfold. Welcome to the Laminate Money Podcast, a show dedicated to exploring our world, the financial markets, and what it takes to build a great financial life. Both Tom Statham and Jacob Bradkey work for Fiel Capital, and all opinions expressed by Tom and Jacob or any podcast guest are solely their own opinion and do not reflect the opinion of Fiel Capital. This podcast is for informational purposes only and should not be relied upon as a basis for investment decisions. Tom, Tom and Jacob are registered representatives of Sanctuary Securities and investment advisor representatives of Sanctuary Advisors. Bill Capital is a DBA of Sanctuary Securities and Sanctuary Advisors.
1: What is going on everybody? Welcome to the Lamin and Money podcast. It is a wonderful day. How are you guys doing? doing it's cold good. outside. I know. Well, I mean it's not that cold. Let's start with the obvious. It's getting cold in North Dakota. <laughs> well,
0: so Tom, why do you wear gloves today?
1: Ooh, I'm a, you know, I have a sauna in my backyard, so I like to be warm. That's it.
0: Jacob doesn't.
1: I don't wear gloves. I mean, I will
2: once like it's required, but even then like pockets do the trick good enough. So
0: it's by required. He means frostbite worthy.
2: Yeah. Yeah, Like if it's bad enough where I'm going to get like, like uncomfortably cold coming to work, then I'll put gloves on.
1: Yes. All right. Well, with me here today, the usual suspects, the cold suspects, Carissa. We got Jacob. Carissa
0: as the producer of the podcast mm-hmm. and a director of product marketing.
1: And Jacob and I'm capital markets. All analyst. things capital markets. Yeah.
0: And Tom, who are you?
1: And I attempt to run the ship here. Yes. So <laughs> Tom, Tom, Tom is the uh, the captain here. Yes. So I want to uh, uh, again thank you for for episode two. You're, as you can tell, my voice isn't all scratchy. It's better. It's, it's better. better. Gosh, it feels good even after the daddy daughter dance. Yep, even after the daddy daughter dance, which was the highlight of my weekend, by the way. But we'll Beautiful. we'll get to that in a second. Um, I want to start uh, by talking about the consumer. So um, there's been so many, there's, there's just so many uh, things. I'll just call them things that we read about on the markets, and just you know, uh, this being the uh, you know a place of education empowerment. And uh, information. I wanted to talk a second about the consumer because um I don't think people have or you in listener land has ever like necessarily thought about critically like what is the consumer. Mm-hmm. Uh so first of all, the consumers, uh as we are all called, are people. Um, you know, there's I am a consumer. <laughs>
0: I am a consumer. Yes, we are
1: we are all consumers. So um, you know, just taking you through this quick thought exercise here, um, you know, whatever you're doing, um, like people are consumers. So there's uh when you think about interest rate policy, when you think about the stock market, when you think about um, the bond market, you know, bank accounts, like all of this information that we're getting flooded with, it boils down to um, people trying to figure the collective out. And so when we're talking about inflation, for example, uh, you know, people, you know, drive inflation, they drive consumption. So Um, When you think about the consumer, like just, just try and picture it like yourself, if you are an average person, which you most likely are just times that by, you know, 200 million or something. Yep. Um, Or it's more than that, but that, that would be the, the amount of people in the United States. Right. And you think about the complexity, the randomness in your life, the randomness of, oh, I'm just going to go out and buy X, Y, Z, or yeah, you know, Hey babe, let's go out for dinner tonight. And you think about that times, you know, a couple hundred million and you get the complexity of human life at at just a scale that is incredibly difficult. And then you have, uh, you know, people, you know, economists and and market participants, you know, trying to make information off of that. Very difficult.
2: Yeah. So, I mean, to kind of put that in perspective, like if you're average, 68% of people would tend to be average at least. So if you went and bought a new TV, chances are like 68% of people would have bought a TV.
1: Yes. In a a way, you know, and yeah, in a way. And so, um, you know, when you're thinking about the market, you know, we always tell people like crazy markets are driven by crazy people and, um, humans, like we are just a very, like in, in, in one way is this a little bit of a paradox, but you know, we are very routine based, but then at the same time, we're very random. And so when you think about the consumer, like, you know, this is like people's lives. So when they say softening of the labor market, that means people getting fired. When they think about, you know, um, you know, checking account balances, that's just people's livelihoods. Mm -hmm. And I think the, it's important to remember the, I'll use the word humanity. I know that's kind of a soft, squishy word, but um, you know, this is our collective lives, you know, at the table and, uh, and it really matters. And it's just really difficult to know, Like, what exactly is going on? Like, why didn't the Fed get inflation right, for example? Like, why did they get interest rate policy? I mean, a lot of it's honestly, is like, life is random. Right, and chances are you're
2: too late or you're too early, you know? And the Fed Fed tends to be too late on action and too early on, like, um, you know, like, exit. So, like, if you think about that, like, they probably started hiking too late, and now they probably will go too long. Too far. Yep. Yeah. That's been there. Which that's is been just precedent. Kind of how it goes because economic data is lagging. Monetary policy, you can't see impacts until, you know, months or a year into the future. So, like, I don't know. Some of that stuff is just, like, kind of has to be that way, unfortunately, yeah. until there's, like, just crazy technology revolution and how you can see data
1: play out. So, and they, and they really like, to be honest though, like they're, they're never going to get there. Like they never have gotten there and they never will. Because again, like just think of this, if you've got like, if there's 10 million people that randomly decide to, um, you know, go out to dinner and overspend on their eating out budget, which honestly, who doesn't do that? Um, You know, that honestly, you get enough, you get enough of that happening and it changes, it changes things. And yes, there are patterns in the data, um, but there's just too much of it, and just people are too um, people are too hard to figure out. And and uh, there's an interesting article here. Uh, let's hop into yeah. So about the consumer here, like
2: what what's going on with the consumer?
1: Yeah. Yep. So um, the Fed. This was in Barrons, and I think this was written this or is updated this this morning. A tale of two consumers. There's consumers who. Have a lot of cash and liquidity, mm-hmm. so just assets on the sideline that they can spend down if their income isn't growing. And then there's the other um, large chunk of people who are who have spent it down. Yeah. And so do
0: they have debt yet, or are they it's coming? Like what do you mean by spent down?
1: Yeah. So there's been, I think, you know, heading into this, one of the reasons why the economy's been tricky to figure out this year is because the economy, first of all, isn't that bad. So the labor market isn't is tight. Um, you know, people had you know, people made a lot of money, uh, 19, 20, 21. And then subsequently they've, they've been spending down some of those gains that, that they've made. Now what's tricky here though. And again, this is why I wanted to start with like, you know, people is that there's some people that are fine right now. And then there's a growing number of people who are not okay. And the people who have a lot can still spend a lot most likely driving, you know, the, the, the situation that we're finding ourselves, which is $12 bacon. Mm -hmm. Um, I love that you always use bacon, dude. i I anchor to the bacon guys. Um, but anyways, like that, that is a, that is challenging. Yeah.
0: So in that, okay. When I was reading this article, I was like, Oh my gosh, what does this mean? If people are wrong about how much cash people have. So if the fed is wrong, mm, well, I don't know what, what do you do about that? I mean, it'll just,
2: it'll all work itself out in the end, like things will normalize. You know, if there's not as much cash as the Fed thinks that there is, they'll probably have to pivot back into lower interest rates to give people the option, like give people liquidity so that they can still spend and keep the economy trudging, you know? So it kind of depends on how quickly that cash balance runs out. So I think in the article, it says like 600 and some billion of the 2.2 trillion that was injected has been spent. So there's still 1.4 remaining. And you're starting to see the uptick in like credit card, like borrowing and delinquencies, though they're still like half of what they were in 2019, but you're starting to see that tick up and you know, really that'll, that's what breaks part of the economy. Cause spending is like 70% of the economy. Mm-hmm. And so if people aren't spending as much or they're can't spend as much because they're going into loan delinquencies or their, you know, their credit card is killing them, stuff like that, like that's just going to dampen spending, which is gonna slow the economy, which is then gonna make the Fed have
1: to reevaluate its monetary path, which but also killing spending also kills inflation at the same time. And what's hard about this and why this person wrote this article was because there's there's two groups of people right now. So there's the people who can spend. still spend yep. and thus driving inflation higher, which is causing the other group of people to be to spend down their savings. So, I mean, this is honestly like, you know, reading through this, this is, I mean, a lot of this stuff that's happening right now is bad and it's sad. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's like, this is like hard for people. This is very, this is very real because it's like, there's, you know, people who, who have the means to continue, you know, going out to eat, for example, um, you know, driving, you know, that, like that ability to spend, you know, is pushing, is pushing pressure on, um, you know, increases in prices while there's just people who are just, you know, sucking air and sucking air, sucking air. And, uh, you know, and, and those people over there, um, you know, on the, this other side of the cycle are getting hit hard. And, um, so and I more think, people I, sway into that camp and that, yeah, that's, what's happening is more people are swaying. So, you know, f- for people who are listening, clearly what you want to do is like, you want to avoid you know you you want to survive the bear right mm-hmm. and you want to survive and how you survive is like well there's not going to be some survivors this time unfortunately unfortunately this time around but um you know you want to be learning as much as you possibly can about okay like how have you handled this personally um so that when this happens again not if but when like when this happens again because this will happen again yeah you know you want to be you want to have a fortress balance sheet
0: so if people want like things to slow down or things to go back to normal, are you suggesting that people stop spending if they can spend money or what does this mean? No, 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 okay, no, no, no. So, What <laughs> yep. does this mean? Because in my so, mind I'm like, okay, so what do we do about this?
1: Again, I will share a story with you guys. I was driving with my dad. This would have been in 2008, 2009. We were by Mickelson Ballfield in North Fargo. And I just remember him telling me that it's worse if people don't spend. i was yep. like, wait a second. What? And, and again, I was like 18, 19 at the time, 19, whatever. Um, and I was like, oh, wow, that doesn't... It's kind of like a mind-shifting moment. I mean, I literally remember exactly where we were in the car. Um, and the reason being is like that... And this is what's happening in the auto market right now, is prices are falling You know, week over week over week.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: so once people figure out that, wait a second, if I can... If I can not buy the $50,000 car, knowing that it's going to be $45,000 next month, everyone stops spending. And then what happens is you get this vicious cycle of, uh, of waiting and waiting and waiting, yep. waiting and waiting. And then it's like, well, you that's know, how things really break. Does that make sense?
0: Oh yeah. So it's just like from a practical standpoint, what does this mean as a consumer myself? So am I supposed to stop spending or do I just continue <laughs> saving my money, paying down debt? What do you do? Spend
2: within reason, you know, like, I mean, I wouldn't say halt all spending altogether.
0: Cause Jacob you did? well, okay.
2: I didn't, I still spend obviously, but like I, I'm like in savings mode. So whatever, anyway, like you just don't want to halt it all. You know, you still have to spend, but you don't want to be the one that's like buried in credit card debt because you didn't change any spending habits. But you, you want to be somewhere in the middle where
1: you're kind of still spending because if everybody's all of a sudden not spending, that's when you get bad, bad things. And here, herein lies one of the trickiest parts about this is like if everyone could buy stocks right now, they would. Like if everyone could buy cheap assets, they would. But if everyone diverted their spending to buying assets, so from buying hot dog buns to stocks, like no one would buy hot dog buns anymore and the hot dog <laughs> bun market would die. Yeah,
2: and, and like then if you, you know, bought hot dog bun stocks, then yeah, obviously that'd be bad.
1: Y- yeah, so therein lies like one of the, like the, clearly the system, <laughs> like the, the system we live in isn't, I mean, it's really not equitable because it's like, um, you know, smart, I, I would say savvy people right now understand the times we're in and they're probably buying assets while, but, but those people need other people to spend to drive mm-hmm. earnings growth. So within these companies, so when it comes down to like what you need to be doing for your family, um, it's like, you got to do what's best for you and your family, hoping that like everyone else is, is, uh, is, is doing the same yep. and trying to protect themselves. But you know, we need like based on how our economy was designed and built and the cyclicality of it, like we, you need other people to spend. So, but, but here lies like that, that like, Example that question really illustrates the point of how, how really challenging this actually is for the officials who run companies in, in our um, government and uh, monetary policy to
0: get right. Yeah, that's challenging.
1: Yeah, the consumer. And then so the other thing that's
2: really important is obviously jobs because consumers have to have jobs to pay for the stuff that they're consuming. Yeah. And that's not slowing down, you know, so pe- like people are still getting jobs. I think it says yeah. the jobs report you know, payrolls grew by 263,000, like, I mean, meaningfully above expectations. So that was way better than expected. Yeah. Which is actually somewhat of a bad thing, like kind of a weird thing to say, because not too long ago, jobs coming back to the economy faster than normal was a great thing during the <laughs> pandemic. You know, like that's when you had like the 4% days. Now you're seeing 4% down days because that means the economy is not cooling and thus inflation's not cooling. Thus, the Fed maybe has to get more aggressive. So, you're going to see the market say, Oh, well, we're going to, we have to price that in. So, you're going to price in kind of a lower valuation because interest rates might have to be higher. If you can kind of wrap your head around that, it basically just means that like the market doesn't like higher interest rates. So, more growth, more inflation means that the
1: higher interest rates are more likely, which means the markets aren't going to like that. So, and here's, and yeah. here's why that, Matt. Like, uh, this is a perfect. Like, you know, time to say that the, the economy and the stock market are not the same thing. And people by and large don't, they, they've never thought through that, you know, as well. It's like, well, so what was good a year ago is bad now from the purposes of the equity markets. Yes. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Which is what Jacob just said. It's like, what can be a good thing, you know, 12 months later can become a bad thing. And then you have everyone reading like the journal, or, or you know on you know wherever people are reading, they're like, "Huh?" <laughs> yeah, exactly.
2: Yeah. It's, it's like, like, wait, jobs that, are
1: jobs are bad. Isn't them? that a good thing? But then I just saw like my four hundred one k balance just get tanked. Um, and again, that's where like that's where the 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 market, the market and the economy are are not the same thing. Uh, case in point, you know, when the market in twenty twenty two peaked in January, uh, you know. The market peaked and really what it was doing is it was anticipating what was going to come at the Mm -hmm. bad things were coming. Yeah, yeah, bad things were coming. But then but again, like the first quarter of this year, just from an economy perspective and and the economy being people spending trillions of dollars, um, it was wasn't bad at all. But, you know, we had you know, we basically had, you know, a pretty quick, uh, pretty quick bear. And obviously the war that in Ukraine that was pushed it. That that like the kind of broke some of the minds of uh, of investors, but that's one of those things where the market and the economy aren't the same thing, and then um, which makes it complicated because you're like wait,
0: extremely. I didn't even know that they were different. I thought that they somehow like
1: they they
2: like rhyme in some sense. You know, Mm -hmm. like you want slow economic growth because you don't want inflation to get unhinged. Is why you want slow economic growth. Um, but like a low inflation, slow economic growth scenario with like lower interest rates that we've been in for the last 20 some years, like that's very good for markets just because like, as, as the economy grows, earnings are growing as well with that. And if you're like borrowing costs are low, that's good for the market. So like broad trend line, like the economy and the stock market are going to kind of be like, all right, we're going to jive together. Yeah. But when things like are weird and things just are, are a little bit of balance. That's when you see the big discrepancies. It's like, Oh, jobs are really good for the economy. Not so good for the stock market. Like that's just kind of how it is. Even inflation. Inflation is actually somewhat good for nominal GDP numbers, obviously not the real numbers. Um, but that like bodes well for nominal GDP growth. It's high inflation because that's the number of dollars that are being spent in the economy. Yep. Um, so stuff, so, stuff like that when obviously inflation is bad for the stock market. Or bond market. Yep. Things work until they don't.
1: Yep. <laughs> that's what's uh, that, And that's then what's things hard. normalize. And then like, so, so again, so thinking about like, you know, our listeners here, they don't need like, you guys don't need to be experts at the bond market. Like you don't need to be experts about this, but what you do need to know is like, what does this mean for you? So, um, what are we telling you is that this is complicated. And what we're telling you is yeah. <laughs> like, you are complicated. Like you know, we collectively make, you know, cause these issues in our economy. Um, now, whether we choose it or not on our own, that's up, you know, that that is up for debate. Like there's some decisions that we make for our own families. And then there's other decisions that are made for us, i.e. for Camille and I right now. It's like our livelihood has died to the stock market. So not only has our income not kept up with inflation, our income has dropped. It was like that was not a decision that was made by us that was made by the stock market. So like, well, we have to cut back on some things that we wanted to do because it was like, well, we have to, this isn't a choice we're making. So we just do it and we get, you know, we, we get on. Um, So,
0: well, I think something to remember too, is you guys are making it because that's a better choice. Yeah, for sure. I mean, you guys don't have to make that choice, but it would be worse for you and Camila down the road, right?
1: Not sustainable for sure. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah that's like is this confusing? yes um and like part of the like part of the the figuring out like if you're, if people are confused right now it's like, well, how does that actually make sense? That's totally fine. uh Charlie Munger himself, do you guys remember this? Uh, I think this would have been in uh quarter two of this year mm. um, Warren Buffett's business partner he was like, if you're not confused right now um y- like you're doing something wrong <laughs> <laughs> exactly <laughs> I was yeah. like coming from one of the, like the most legendary investors yeah uh, he was like a billionaire status. He's like, if you're, if you're not confused, like you're not doing something right. So,
2: yeah. Okay. So let's, let's just jump yep. into the, the bond market just briefly here. Touch on this. Yep. Um, so what's interesting right now is we just kind of came out of this like Tina, which if you're not familiar, that's like, whatever. I can't remember what a TI stands for, but
1: there is N-N-A. no alternative.
2: Yeah. There is no alternative. Yeah. Yeah. And then like, then there's obviously Tara, I believe is the other one. And then there's, you know. What's a Terra? I've never reasonable heard. alternatives or something. Oh, there sure. are reasonable alter- alternatives. Yeah, that's what it is. So we kind of okay. shifted from Tina into Terra territory, where now it's like before you, stocks were really the only source of return, and bonds were there to reduce volatility. Um, now it's like bonds have a yield on them. Yeah, you know, bonds are actually like looking somewhat reasonable as an alternative to stocks. So like where maybe your 70, 30 would have been there. To be a 60 40 to get the same return aspect. Yep. Um, but like, that's just kind of the environment we live in now. It's yep. like there's actually returns in the bond market that haven't been there for 20, you no, know, maybe a little, little less than
1: like 15 years. Yeah. To give some color there, there's a little bit of lingo ease drop that we're full disclosure trying to cut out of this podcast. Yeah, I'm for, really for, bad about for that. All, for all the lingo. <laughs> so, first of all, the bond market is um, the, the up until this point, we've been talking about the stock market the whole time. Uh, the bond market is way bigger than the stock market. It's how the United States government finances itself. Um, your car loans can be packaged up into bonds and sold to sold to investors. Like the bond market's huge. Yep. And, um, and then just regarding portfolios, like the, you know, bonds make up a lot of people's portfolios. And again, if you have, you think about your retirement fund, like if you have you have know, like a 401k, and we see these all the times where they have like a lifestyle 2040 fund. Yeah. There's bonds in your portfolios, you may not even know you own them. Why the bond market matters today is actually I'm gonna go back for a second. Interest rates like drive uh they drive asset prices. What I mean by that is like where your returns come from. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, interest rates, and, and this is just how institutional people like Jacob and myself, when we, when we manage assets, when, when we think about risk and return within uh, the capital markets, like the bond market and the math behind it, you know, fundamentally changes the, the, um, the, the, the future outcomes of portfolios. Yeah. That was kind of lingo sorry. Carissa,
0: did that do that? You lost me a little ah, bit. Ah, dang uh,
2: it. Yeah, I, I like anytime you talk about the bond market, it's really hard not to be lingo-y. But yeah. honestly,
0: it's a good thing because that's why people and myself pay you guys, okay? <laughs> yeah. Like that's a good thing that I'm lost a little bit. If I wasn't lost, I'd be a little confused. Yes. That's why I'm here.
1: Yes, and yeah. so the bond market is, you know, really intricately, like the stock market is very, very tied to interest rates. The bond market is really tied to interest rates. Most people think of interest rates in the in in the terms of like, how much does my mortgage cost or what's right. like, if I'm going to buy a new car and want, want a car loan, like, what does it cost? Well, how much does the money cost? Mm-hmm. So I think that's where, which is actually the definition of an interest rate. That
0: makes sense. The mm-hmm. cost how of much money. Is, yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. The, the, the cost of money. So, um, yeah, the bond market is a wildly different place mm-hmm. than 10 months ago. It's also, and it's very interesting. The bond
2: market is very, very interesting.
0: Mm-hmm. Why?
2: Just because there's just so much baked into it. Like, I mean, like Tom said, auto loans, mortgages, like, you know, businesses borrow money and you can buy corporate investment grade or high yield, like, or the, the junk bonds as they call them, you know, low credit, basically the same thing as like you having a, you know, 550 credit score would be a junk bond in that, in that sense, you know, the government borrows, I think the bond market in the United States is 54 trillion dollars mm-hmm. and in the entire world the entire world's bond market in dollar terms is like 138 trillion yeah. or something holy
0: smokes it's a
2: lot of money i think the world's stock market is also in the oh, and i don't i can't maybe I'm, I'm gonna miss that one i know the bond market is is in the hundred trillions and i think the stock market might also be in the
1: hundred trillions it's I, don't not, think, I don't think so. I think it, it would probably be, um, my guess would be like in the 40s, in 40, 40 trillions. Okay. Yeah. Anyway, massive. 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 And
2: there's just a lot that you can take from the bond market, like which way yields move, you know, and, and investor sentiment and stuff like that can drive a lot of that from the
1: bond markets. The economy generally can drive a lot from the bond markets. And most people, like when you think about, there's a lot of people that want to strike it rich. Like, I'm gonna be super risky, da da, da, da whatever that means. Mm-hmm. Like buying stocks that they that they in their mind think are risky. Um, or they're like, I'm gonna start a business and try and become a gazillionaire, da 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 da. da. Or they they're like, I want in college, like I want to be, you know, I want to have financially be secure, so I'm gonna be a doctor, et cetera. Um I would say most people in the world just want a four percent return every single year they don't care what happens so there come therein lies the bond market yep and so what's happened in the fixed income market is as rates like you could buy a bond for 0.5 10 year uh, US government bond for 0.5 percent and now those uh, now those are trading at I mean you probably could have gotten one for four and a quarter and so you know that is a dramatic dramatic change in Um, that's just a dramatic change period. So knowing that most of the money in the world isn't necessarily interested in 30% annualized returns forever, because that's just not real. Um, you know, because most of the money that's invested is like, just give me 4%, give me 5%, take no risk, Mm -hmm. um, in doing so like that. Well, that, that that puts pressure down on the, you you know what I mean? Just for the sake of example that puts pressure on the equity markets. Yep, the alternative. The alternative, yeah.
0: Okay, so why not buy bonds? So why would I as a young individual not want to put all my money in bonds?
1: So that's actually happening. So interestingly enough, there's an article written yesterday or uh, last week about how millennials are interested in bonds now.
0: Like oh, how
1: times have changed. It's like <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Uh last year, you know, you you could have, you know, just been it didn't even matter, like you can just like, "Oh yeah, I'll just buy this random stock, and it probably went up thirty percent. Now that stocks you know, you know, chances are that stock's down you know thirty percent or so um, or more, or maybe a little bit less, but you know, assuming it's average. And now people are like, "Huh, so my ten thousands down to six, but I could have bought a bond that you know got me five percent for the next 10 years. And what's important to remember is bonds mature at par. so even though
2: there is price fluctuation. As long as the credit quality of the issuer can still pay you at the end of it, you're gonna get it at the same, like, yeah. price if, as it was issued. Yeah. So,
0: so it's a safe. Investment. It's safe,
1: Safer. Yeah. Safer. Yeah. We won't go into risk definition for the, on this because that's it's that's another deep. That's, that's a whole another. Yeah. Um, like, there's mathematical, and then there's just like r- what risk is in a person's life. It's hard so, to define. Yeah, it yeah. is very challenging. It comes. There's a lot that goes into it. Let's um, jump to OPEC. Okay, let's do OPEC because everyone knows about gas prices.
0: Yeah, so what is OPEC?
1: So,
2: OPEC is the, uh, the organi- or- Organization of Petroleum Exporting Countries, which includes like, you know, Iraq, Saudi Arabia, Kuwait, a lot of those Middle Eastern ones, Russia. and some. I, I don't know, is Russia in there? Mm hmm. Venezuela, press. I don't know. I guess this doesn't list it. My guess is it probably is in there. It's just a bunch of the largest exporters of oil. They all banded together recently and said, we want the price of oil to go back up because we want to make money. So they're cutting production by, I think it's 2 million barrels a day to increase prices, which against, I guess this is against the U.S. pressure. Of course, the U.S. doesn't want oil prices to go up, particularly on the political side where we won't go into that though. Um, And you saw oil jump from... I don't even know what it was, 80 some dollars a barrel, yeah. almost back to 100. So that was, it was fairly interesting just how quickly the market priced in this $2 million cut because the, the whole world runs on supply and demand. So if there's less supply, prices must be higher, yeah. you know, essentially. And it, interestingly enough, energy companies are up. I actually have it as of, as of what is it, the 10th? We didn't timestamp this, but the, the 10th of October at 10 a.m. Well, I guess this is actually the seventh of October. This lags on, on Friday. This ended on Friday. So the first trading week of October, energy stocks, the energy sector was up thirteen point eight six percent.
1: And a lot of it was driven by the higher oil prices. This is a case where um, and, and why we're talking about oil is uh, this is this is a case where like decisions are being made for you and you have zero control. Mm-hmm. <laughs> So everyone's like, ah, oh, rah, 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 like gas prices are higher. And it's like, yeah, it sucks, right? Like when you're paying, in particular people on the coast, like in California, where it's like six, seven bucks a gallon, like yeah. that that definitely, that definitely, that sucks. Um, the, you know, what's happening in the oil markets is, you know, this like OPEC just decided, yeah, this is what we're going to do. And it affects, There, there's some like, this isn't, this isn't all just totally true. These, these issues are more complicated than. In what, what we're talking about here yeah um, we're just kind of making uh, some generalizations here, but again, it's like well, uh, this is what these uh, 13 companies or countries wanted to do and so so it goes So prices are going up so prices are going up and then that obviously has there's just a lot of things that go into or why oil causes or, or why we care about it. a lot of people. You know, you just drive by gas stations all the time, so you just yep. see it as very in your face. Yep. Um, and people anchor to what they paid last time for gas. Mm-hmm. It's the most known price. I don't Ooh, know. It might, that's a good stat. It, well, it actually is the yeah, most known price for sure in
2: America, if probably not the world. Yeah, you know, Interesting.
1: people people
2: are less price conscious when they're going to the grocery store even. You know, obviously when you're driving down the road, yeah. you filled up last at whatever, we'll just use today's like maybe I filled up at 349. Yeah. And now today it's three sixty nine. You notice that. Yeah. Like you're like, oh hey, I got a good deal on that. I got twenty cents off. Or say you filled up at three eighty nine and now it's three sixty nine. We're obviously talking about bargo prices. That's kind of what it is around yeah. here. Um, it varies wherever you're at, but like, you just are so price conscious. If you're going to the grocery store every day, you might notice the price of bacon. Like, Oh, I bought my bacon at, I sure know, do whatever. I don't even know what it is per pound. That's how <laughs> non-price conscious I am about like grocery store stuff, but yeah. like food is also the one that's like, Oh, going wild. So like, you just notice the, the, the energy price is a lot more because you're like, you, you're just really price conscious about that. And it's so emotional.
0: So is that going to happen now? Or is that happening in November?
1: It already has. So, so these they're these, saying
0: it was going to start in November.
1: Yeah. So this is a case where like the market is dislocated from reality. It's mm. Like they they just made the announcement, and so it implies that there's going to be X production, and so the market just immediately you prices know, reacts, it pr- prices it in, even yeah. though it hasn't. It's not going to happen for for another month or so. And in, for some, I mean, oil is like some of these wells are hard to cut like there's a lot of logistics that go into the oil market yeah and um but anyways that's 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 why that happens which is
2: the the theme of the market this year what is it pricing in and how does it like how will it change because that's why you see the volatility Mm -hmm. the amount of pricing in that is occurring is just crazy it's like one week you have this that's being priced in Oh crap maybe that wasn't the right thing so we're gonna price this in now so that's why you get that's how you get really extreme volatility
1: and tying it back to tie it back to like you know to our listeners here, like so we're talking about OPEC and the fact that this is something that a group of nations that have nothing to do with the United States well, they do and they don't, um, and then Russia is not a member, but it is kind of deal. it's like okay. that's what yeah that's um, they are, but they aren't um they're not officially part of it, but they they they, they yeah, have mean, it with makes it. sense though yeah yeah, so this is a case where Like you like forever people out there, myself included, like you're what you pay at the pump is not a decision that you make. It is a decision made for you. So how you need to deal with this reality is like knowing that you could have Russia and Saudi Arabia just say, yeah, we're going to pause. Like we're going to pause on production and you're getting and then subsequently that translates back into literally when you're feeling like thirty dollars. Per per tank, and let's say you fill up three times, it's 120 bucks a month or whatever, or four times. Um, like that is a decision that will be made for you. It will go up and will go down, so that you know the 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 onus goes on you as a person to run your you know financial life with enough wiggle room where you can, you know, you can you can navigate those fluctuations. Mm-hmm. Where people get screwed up is like when you have a really expensive car, for example, you have zero margin um on your day-to-day, month over month financial life. And then OPEC's like, yeah, we're gonna, we need some more, t- we need some more revenue. Um, and then we're also gonna this is gonna be a strategic ten year decision for our country because we're not gonna be blowing through our reserves quite as fast. And all of a sudden you're sitting there like crap, I can't afford this. So um, you know, again, what what we're saying here is there's just things that will be decided for you. And it's up to you to, you know, be smart about how some of this stuff impacts your day-to-day life. So,
0: so to add to what you're saying, I mean, you, Tom, you say a lot about control the controllables. Yeah. So like, I don't know, as a kid, people would always like adults always talked about gas prices. And I was like this dang gas apparently, you know, as a kid. Yeah. And so from like a social, emotional, psychological standpoint, how would you recommend parents talk about gas prices with their kids or like talk about money in the home during these times that they can't control like the prices of stuff.
1: Yeah. I mean, what, what I like for my daughter, Lucy, I mean, she's I actually taught her what work was like, why we work and how you earn money is like you exchange your time for money. Um, and Tom,
0: how old is Lucy?
1: Oh, she's two. She's two and a half. She's
0: three. Didn't she turn three? No, she's three and (laughs) a half. Sorry. Sorry. (laughs) That dance really threw you. I know.
1: Right. That daddy daughter dance. Um, so what, I mean, what I'm going to be d- telling TG, my I guess in my home for whatever this is worth is, um, the value of the the value of dollars. You know, I want my kids to know how the world works because it's really important. And uh, again, you're like, well, why does OPEC matter to me? Well, it actually does, and like you hear a lot, like you said, a lot about gas prices. People love to talk about it because it's so known. It's a very easy point mm-hmm. to relate to people. Like the weather and gas prices, like everyone knows what those are. Yep. So. Um, Yeah, what I would say is like, you know, in the home, I mean, I, I yeah, I don't, I, I don't think I'm going to spend a lot of time like talking about gas prices. Like, I'll probably explain to my kids like what OPEC is and how gas prices in like North Dakota and, and Texas and everything. But I'm um, more so probably not while they're free they're though, or, though, right? They ask. So, I for guess, listeners, yeah. <laughs> what
0: kind of advice would you give to listeners as they become more aware, cognizant of how they talk about finances in the home?
1: Um, like, you know, base, like rush wrapping up this, like this podcast here. So let's maybe end here. You know, we've talked about the bond market, yeah. um, like inventory, uh, we've talked about, uh, you know, just what's happening in the, the, the equity markets, like how out of control things are. Um, what I would say is particularly for this one, maybe, um, just like, Take it take a note and just write down like how you have done, how you have performed. It's so easy to just blame others' performance, like me personally again, like I've lost a lot of money this year, and for relative to who I am um percentage wise, and so like, I think a lot of people dwell on their their losses that they can see, but they don't necessarily focus on their personal performance in it. and so like I would say I have personally like lost money this year, but from a performance perspective, from the leading indicators of what, you know, the work that I'm doing now that will be translated into financial results three to five years down from the lines, like I've had a really good year. So, Mm -hmm. um, you know, studying yourself and, and taking a second, you know, three quarters into the year and saying, okay, so aside from the losses that I'm sitting on, what does, like how have I personally done? And if I've haven't done things right like, how can I fix it next time? So, all right. What do you guys, uh, let's wrap it up here. What do you guys, uh, what do you guys watch, read?
0: Jacob. I'm a, I'm Jacob.
1: A, I'm, a, I'm a kind of a watcher
2: right now. So You're a watcher? Like, all right. <laughs> what are we doing? I was watching uh, Blacktail Studios. I think his name oh, is yeah, Cam. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I've been like literally binge watching a lot of those videos. Woodworking, right? Yeah, yeah. Yep. Woodworking. And I made these legendary like white oak cookie butcher blocks carried them in i'm pretty sure last night because i didn't want them to get in like it was like pretty much freezing last night so i was like i don't really want to leave these out here and have them crack and stuff yeah so i brought them in took all three of these things and like no joke i almost think that they're probably 30 pounds a piece and like i was like trying to walk into my apartment and i was like i was like oh man this is i should have done this in trips but i like i pushed through and got them up there but they're just beautiful nice and Yeah. He didn't really teach me that, but he inspired me. I was like, oh, I can, that's what I'm going to do with these.
1: That's that's cool. All right. What about you? Uh,
0: I swung back to reading and I'm reading about hospitality and why it matters. Ooh. And how culture does not kind of facilitate why hospitality matters and culture is actually, like American culture is actually Mm -hmm. against you, like supporting you if you want to become a great host or whatever.
2: Okay. So Mm -hmm. that was
0: just interesting reading that book and it's really good. Which book is it? Can't tell you. I don't remember what it's called. something hospitality. Oh, okay. I'll Do you know who it's by? could not tell you. Oh, okay. You want me to look it
2: up? <laughs> No, I mean you don't have to. But
0: I'll let you guys know next episode. Yeah, we'll put, we'll put it.
1: In, we'll put it in the show notes.
0: Okay. Good idea, so, Jacob.
1: I have been. Um, I I would. I'm just looking through. Um, Every time pulls up his history. Yep, I'm pulling up my history <laughs> on YouTube, guys. So. I would say the 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 biggest thing for me, uh, as you guys probably are aware, I'm uh, I've been following the, the the war in Ukraine extremely closely. So wait,
0: how? Because I feel like they're not really posting much about. Oh, it. on YouTube
1: they are. Oh, just there there's places to find. But I I was focusing. Uh, I, I was learning about the consequences of the uh, uh, the Kerch Bridge, uh, which was partially partially destroyed this weekend, and. I saw Uh, that the the potential uh, moves, which we're seeing today, actually, um, uh, we're we're unfortunately seeing some pretty awful things um, in response to to that. But um, that's, I would say that the theme over the weekend was for me was the uh, uh, the moves and counter moves that will come from uh, that very obvious target that they were that they were going. So, anyways, uh, yeah. When you when you have time to watch all this, do you have a three year old and like a what? one year
2: just just recently one year yeah. old just make it happen that's all i gotta say make it happen yeah i think all that's right. when
0: he's doing his lawn lawn stuff yeah
2: <laughs> tom's just out there with his phone watching oh, yeah. this video with his push mower Yep, yeah. yeah. my, my yard's looking good picture guys. that but,
1: <laughs> yes <laughs> all yeah. right well let's wrap it up here thank you guys uh any questions uh please or feedback. email them to yeah or feedback money podcast podcast at feelcapital.com. Yeah, please uh, send us in. Uh, We're we're hopefully going to get to some uh, listener questions, but we need to spool that up a little bit. So we appreciate your time and your listen. Uh, We'll see you guys next week. See ya. Bye.